First Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galicia, Cappadocia, Asia. Wow. A lot of Shia, Shia. It was only like they would add Shia, Shia. Oh, it's not part. Like someone said, he was on a talk show. The person is in this meeting. He said, we are bringing buses from Bubuashi to Kaneshi, to Teshi, to Agogoloshi, and Aloboshi. <laughs> there are some people, if they don't rhyme, they have not preached. It's a calling. I told some people, I said, Revelation, it's not Revelation because it rhymed. Because some people think it's a Revelation because it rhymed. Revelation brings revolution. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered in Pontus, Galicia, Cappadocia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. You know what he's saying? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. It means when you become a Christian, it's an election. It's an election that only God put in. He said the Christians are called the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit. How did that election happen? He said through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, usually in camp, there are things that I will not say in a Sunday service that I will say in camp. Reason is, Jesus Christ said, you don't cast your pearl among swines. So, revelation of God's word is not everywhere you drop it. So, those who come to church on Sunday, some are coming because they must fulfill their weekly obligation of appearing before God. But those who sometimes come for midweek service, they have separated themselves that I am extra serious aside Sunday. So, you can imagine those who come for camp, they are ready to receive. So people who come for camp, usually you, you go in a little further. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his mercy had begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now this is not, I, I, I can preach on this for long, but this is not my point. That's why I keep going forward. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fear not reserve in heaven, fear not away, that reserve in heaven for you. You are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. One day we'll talk about this. Peter really majored a lot on hope. Paul majored a lot on faith. John majored a lot on love. So, you will see that in the scriptures, a lot of these apostles, God gave them a revelation of him in a certain light. So you see that when they open the scripture, like... like um, Sometimes when you see the, the, the kind of scriptures and the kind of um, revelations that someone like Pastor B giving, scripture that you have never thought it's about giving, <laughs> you understand? You, can, you will never think in your lifetime that there's anything called about giving in this scripture. He will bring out giving for you. The revelation is there. Peter, a lot of Peter's writings were on hope. So go to verse 5. He says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to reveal in the last time. He actually talked a lot about 
the, the hope, our hope, our, the rapture of the church. He talked a lot about our hopes. Peter had a lot of revelation about hope. So go to verse 6. Okay, go to verse 7. He said that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold than per- that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What's he saying? He said, the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold. It means that your faith is a raw material until it is tried. That is why, you know, like for example, that is the reason why challenges come to some people. Because when your faith is tried, Job said the same thing. He said, and when he had tried me, I will comfort as gold. He said, when he had tried me, I'll comfort as gold. Sometimes, challenges come to strengthen your faith. Let me say this. There are some people who go through persecution, like for example, some people might be over here going through parental persecution of coming to church. You can't, some of them, you can't pray it away. You will need it for separation. Because your faith will be weak. Your faith in God will be weak if some of those things don't happen. So sometimes God has to permit some of those things to happen so that you can stand your ground. When you come out of it, you're a different Christian. You can never compare a Christian who has been persecuted and one who has never been persecuted. The ones who have not been persecuted, they are the ones who ask questions like Masaitites. No Christian who has been persecuted asks such questions. A Christian who has not given all his money for him to be at a point that he only looks up to God. There are some things that you, you cannot discuss with them. There are some conversations you cannot have with such Christians. So sometimes those challenges and those persecutions, he said the trial of your faith, he said it's more precious than of gold. It's more present than gold. When the word of God comes into your life, you see, it comes into your life as a raw material, but it is not usable until it is tried. It is like the cassava. The cassava that it was in the ground, what has it done to you that you put it in hot water? No, the cassava that it was in the ground, what has the cassava done to you? The cassava done nothing to you. You took the cassava, you said you want to eat it. Okay, eat it. No, he said, no, you are going to put it on fire. If the cassava had mouth, you say, I All because you want to eat it. The same way with your faith. The same way he said, your faith, when you receive your, uh, um, the gospel, when you receive faith, it cannot be used until it is tried. That's one of the things that targets do. Targets separate the church. When the church said we want to do something, that thing is what separates the church. So you see that at the same time the target came, at the same time that thing came, and Paul said, no, a lot of people, let me tell you, a lot of people will join church and be parts if there's no target. They will go, oh, yeah, that church, oh, I like apostate. Epicity. Oh, look, you just have to dress, just put on a nice wig. Just go, go, after church, you just come and sit down, sit at the top, sit at the top. Pastor, finish preaching, everybody wants to take your car. You lie in the house some Sundays, you like, you want to come, you come. And like, I really like that church, that church, they don't really blow any. No, that kind of Christian, God detests. Those are the Christians, he said that they are neither cold nor hot. He said, and those who are neither cold nor hot, he said, he would rather prefer that they are either cold or hot. He said, otherwise, he will spit them out of your mouth. So when you come to the church, he said that this year, we are doing this for the Lord. And everybody's eye is on it. Separation begins. Because those who are not ready to do anything for God, they will step back. And God is never disadvantaged. When people step back, God is never disadvantaged. Jonathan got the revelation. He said, there's no restraint on the Lord's side to say with many or with few. God can do it with few. He can do it with many. When he does it any other way, he just wants to prove that he's God. As a church, as a church, we did, we did um, a million copies. Then as all the youth churches, we did, it, we did two million copies. Now, hold on. As a church, we do one million copies. We are a lot who did that one million copies. In America, Pastor Adiola Mustafa, he, their church, there are only 200. They did a million copies. Now, hold on. God, did, God is only trying to tell something. 
When God does things like that, He's only trying to tell somebody. He's only saying that I can do it with those who are 1,000, I can do it with those who are 200. So there's no restraint on the Lord's side to save with many or with few. It does not make a difference when it comes to God. So you don't need a, many people to make it happen. Bible says a king is not saved by the multitude of an host. And at the same time, the Bible too says that in the multitude of the host is the king's honor. So the king can be honored by having a multitude of an host, but it says that the king is not also saved by the multitude of an host. So that you have a lot, that you have little, does not matter to God. If there's going to be a God factor, then it is a multiplication factor. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perishes. Peter is not telling them that the persecution they are going through, they should pray that it will go away. He's telling them that that persecution that has come, it is the trial of their faith, and it's more precious than of, of gold that perishes. He said, even gold perishes. He said, though it be tried with fire, might be found. He said that when your faith is tried, he said, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So when you see a Christian who has gone through something for God, something happens to him. He is found unto praise and honor and glory before God. I'm sometimes surprised at Christians, all right, who think it is, a, it is, you know, it's a big deal to go through something for God. Look at what we went through this year as a church for God. And I told you before, I said, when your church is not persecuted, don't think there's a good church. A church that is not persecuted is a church that the devil has members inside. He, the devil likes the church. Because there are some Christians, the devil knows that I cannot bring them to hell. They are already born again. So what do I do? Let's create a relationship. Alright, you will not disturb me, I will not disturb you. Preach motivational message. Don't cast out devils. When you come to church, tell the people that they shall make it. Tell them that no matter what happens, they should move on. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> give, me, give me some of the, the motivational quotes. Face your fears. Face your fears. Eh? No pain, no gain. Have you seen that picture? Face your fears. The little animal was looking at the tiger. Face your fears. The next picture they had, <laughs> the, the tiger has caught the animal. I had one motivational one like that. But it was said by a pastor. I'm not criticizing the pastor anyway. I'm criticizing what he said. He said, hmm. If God did it for your neighbor, it means God is in the neighborhood. You know, and this is like, Oof. When people hear it, whoa! God is in the neighborhood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, have you been to a party that they shared your love? Somebody got you did not get. <laughs> These are we are talking about neighborhood, same table, same table. <laughs> have you been in a neighborhood where light is on this side? There's no light on this side. So you didn't listen to those things. <laughs> All right. Next verse. Whom having not seen, ye love. He's talking about Jesus. He said, appearing of Jesus. He said, even the people he's talking to, he said, Whom having not seen, ye love. Whom having not seen, ye love. He said, Though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, he brings it from their persecution. Then he brings it to whom having not seen ye love. He said, you've not seen Jesus. 
At that time, he Peter has seen Jesus. But he speaks to people who never saw Jesus. He said, Whom have you not yet seen? Ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let me tell you something. Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'll start from verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are on the face of the earth. Next one. He said, God did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of the people. So now, he shows God's side of it. He says that the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were fewest of the people. So he says, the first side of it is that God chooses a person or God demonstrates his love to a person or to a people. He said that, okay, he said, you did not, you did not decide to love God, alright? You did not decide to love God. It's God who decides to love us. We didn't even pray for God to come, Jesus to come and die. We didn't even know that we needed salvation. Jesus came to die. So, Jesus, God, set his love upon man. He set his love upon a people. He set his love upon a person. So, that is the first side of it. He says, you are one now, for you were fewest of all the people. Verse 8. And he says, but because the Lord loved you. That's the first part. But because the Lord loved you. Because the Lord loved you. And because he would keep the oath which he swore unto his fathers. Had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you out of the house of bondmen. From the, house, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So we see the first part. The first part is that God set his love upon the man. God set his love upon the group. God set his love upon the people. That is God's part. What he did was to set his love upon them. But look at something that happens in verse 9. He says, he said, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him. Now, it has changed. The first part was that it is God who sets love upon them. Now, he now shows the modus operandi. He said, now, no, knowledge must come in now. Knowledge must come in now. The fact that God loves you doesn't mean that it is a license for you to live anyhow you like. He said, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, who keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him. Not with them he loves. In every camp, the Spirit of God pushes my heart to start off with tuning our hearts. We are going to pray a certain prayer before the camp, the camp can really kick off. Because for many, for many people this year, they walk in a lot of sin. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Let me submit something to you. I believe strongly, I believe strongly, before, before Adam eh, sinned, he was thinking of sinning. I, I strongly believe that Adam wanted to already eat the thing. How do I know? Because James said that the Lord does not tempt anyone with evil. He said, but we are tempted after we are drawn by our own lust. And the Bible says that Adam was not deceived. So when the devil brought the, the proposal that if you eat this, you will be like God, the guy has been thinking of being like God. Adam had a unique kind of intelligence. Now I'm, I'm going into <laughs> what I'm saying. He had a very unique kind of intelligence. The Bible says that Adam, when he began to name the animals, the Bible says that anyone that he called, it became, that was the name of the animal. How did he attain that kind of intelligence? It was because the Bible said God was coming to Adam in the cool of the day. By fellowshipping with God, 
He got God's intelligence. That is what fellowship does to people. Now, I want to say something. A Christian who does not fellowship with God, I'm not talking about coming to church. A Christian who does not fellowship with God will burn out. A Christian who does not fellowship with God will burn out. What did God tell Abraham? He said, Abraham, walk thou before me and be thou perfect. Walk thou before me and be thou perfect. One of the things that you need to check in your Christian walk is not really your results. It is your fellowship with God. Because, let me tell you, you can break fellowship and still have results. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. Walking with God. Walking with God as a person. Because you see, the glory of God can be upon the church and the individual members of the church will not be seeing it. I'm showing you a mystery. The glory of God can be upon the church. You'll see that the church is doing this. The church is doing it. But the individual members of the church will not be seeing it. Why? Because for you as a person, for you as a person, your individual fellowship with God is very important. In fact, it is more important. If all the relationship have, you have with God is Sunday and Wednesday, you are in trouble. You need to know God for yourself. You need to know God for yourself. You know, when the Bible says that, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. All right? What is he saying? I want to bring you a truth. All right? Because the first part of joy, right? I said this comes to us, joy and speaker full of glory. The first part of joy is that, you know, this is how to attain joy. How to attain joy is actually written in joy. The first is Jesus. The next is others. The third is you. If you put yourself first, you will never have joy. So I will be happy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is not part of the fruit of the spirit. Joy is a spiritual thing. I told you when I, I, I shared on the people of joy. I said, joy, um, happiness is a result of happenings. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Your intimacy with God some people don't have intimate times with God. Because, let me submit something to you. Because when Adam was tempted and he fell, the question God asked Adam shows that it is fellowship that controls sin or righteousness. When God came, he asked him, what have you eaten? He said, who told you? That means you have been listening to another person. Before Adam, I'm the only one who talks to you. I'm the only one who tells you what happens. I'm the only one who is teaching you. All of a sudden, another teacher came. You began to fellowship with another person. During one of my pastor's cell all night, I think the first all night I had with pastor's cell, the first one I had with them, a lady came forward. She has been having, she thinks, she, she, she has been having things or she wants to kill people. Every time she's having those kind of, this one, she wants to kill people. The, the moment I began to cast out the devil, the Spirit of God showed me the day that devil entered her. And it was a day she was watching a horror movie. You see, people don't understand. When you are a Christian, you are very, very careful. Because you see, Bible says that, do not be unequally yoked. Bible says, what fellowship has demons with light, is it as darkness with light? What fellowship does he have? When you're a Christian and you are spiritually minded, you become conscious of fellowship. Some things, like there are some people, there are some people you sit with and have a 30 minute conversation and your destiny has changed. Whether good or bad. 30 minutes, it will dictate your life forever. You know, sometimes some people say things like, you know, the fact that, listen to me, there's something like, the fact that, oh, this person has left church doesn't mean that I shouldn't talk to the person again. There are some people when they leave, you should not talk to them again. It's for your spiritual health. Otherwise, we'll soon put spiritual drip on you. Because of fellowship, when you're a spiritually minded person, you realize that people don't just speak. People don't just talk. When they are talking, by what spirit are they speaking? The Bible says that Cain was of the evil one. Now, hold on. How can you say, how can the Bible say Cain was of the evil one? Was Adam an evil one? No! These people were, these Cain and Abel were, 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 they were born by 
the same parent, Adam and Eve. Meanwhile, they say Cain was of the evil one. That means Cain was of the devil. Jesus can look at the Pharisees and say, you brood of vipers. You are of your father, the devil. These guys, they know their mother and their father. They say, you are of your father, the devil. People don't just speak. They speak by spirit. If you can comfortably, if you can comfortably have a, a discussion with them, like for example, Holy, Holy Spirit bless me witness. If I meet a girl and she's not born again, the only conversation we can have is about her salvation. That is all. I cannot have any other conversation. How can you comfortably have a conversation with a guy who's not born again? And the guy was even able to get on a date. And the guy was, after the date, the guy now took you to his room. How? The guy's not born again. Okay, so Masiya. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. How did it happen? How did it, how did it happen? Because you see, you have to understand that when you, when you are spiritual, you understand that spirits commune. If it's beyond we, the physical people, spirits commune. And after... After, after being a Christian for many years, I have just noticed that everything is spirit-controlled. Everything is spirit-controlled. You go to somebody and say, um, give me something. The person says, I will not give you. You go into your room. You go and pray it all. You come back. The person gives you. How, could, well, how were you able to have that conversation? When I meet somebody who is not born again, the only conversation we can have is to be born again. There are some people you have to deliber- deliberately run for your life. Oh, I'm trying to bring the person back. I'm trying to bring the person That is how you also left. Someone said, a new year is coming. Those with scissors to cut people off. <laughs> Cutting people off is scriptural. Sir, please, what if you want to win them? <laughs> I remember when I got born again. I, I got thanked that. I met that pastor just once in my life, and that was it. He came to St. Peter's to come and preach. He was an old student who came to preach. And he preached in the chapel. He was the only charismatic pastor they allowed to preach inside there. Because he was an old student. So, young born again, about two weeks. And my mind is that I'm going to my... Because the dormitory I used to be in, because I was not saved before I got saved, you understand? So the dormitory, when our final year, so when they were not adding the form ones and twos and threes together, at that time, the form threes, because we were in our final year, we chose our own dormitory. So I was in a dormitory called BD. That is bad dorm. You understand? We understand that we are bad people. And that is our pride. We are bad. So to be in that room, you must be bad. Now, I'm born again. I have to go back to BD. Hey. So in my mind, I said, I'm born again. Two weeks born again. I said, I'm born again. I am going to BD. Everybody will change. So, somewhere, somehow, when this pastor came to preach, I said, let me tell this pastor what I plan on doing. Because I'm an evangelist and everybody must be. Because the, the man who, who led me to Christ, he told me, he said, the Spirit God showed him that I was preaching around the world. So me, I have already received my evangelical mantle. I want to receive my evangelical mantle and I'm going to start the ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how I left. I went to see this man. The man said, it is, now God, God bless that man. He said, it is not in your place now to bring them in. Focus on your own. You are, you are not feeling well. You say you are going to help someone to stand up. <laughs> you are you're not feeling well. You say you are going to help someone to stand up. This man was right. You know why? Because while I was trying to relocate from BD to another dorm, I had to sleep in BD for two days. That is how I was lying down one day. Then BD, you know, even though gadgets are not allowed, we're final year, so the guy put on the music. Bang, boom, one, boom, one, boom, one. That, there are two songs that had come on at that time. I'll, I'll sing those two songs for you. One, no one, no one, no one. Uh, 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 uh. I was in my corner after speaking in tongues for one hour. That's how I was doing. No one, no one. Then I caught myself. I said, oh, God. And one of the guys, 
he had this, the woofer. So you are, you are hearing the beats. Another song that had come at that same time, if you like, go and check history. That came at that same time was Yahoo, oh, oh, Yahoo, oh, oh, Yahoo. I mean, to a light song with beats. This time I was in 2008. We were two guys who had gotten born again, myself and one other guy called John Jay. One day I saw John Jay at entertainment side. Yahoo, oh, oh. Now, the day before, John Jay had seen me and he said, Hey, Sissia, I'm receiving me. No long after, John Jay is at the pavilion. Those who know, those they know what I'm talking about. Pavilion. Yahoo. Oh. Now, as I was walking past him, I was thinking, oh, Mikra, I'm being too serious. Yes, I'm being too serious. Maybe Mikra, I'm just, I'm just, you know, overdoing this thing. Why am I even, you know, as I was thinking many things. It was God who helped me. As I went back to the dormitory, what God did now is that God now caused collision. He caused them to laugh at me. He caused them to see me praying. He caused them to mock me. So by doing that, it's rather created a separation and a division. That is how God helped me. So I didn't like coming back to the dormitory. Because when I come, they will laugh at me. So every time I will come, at the time, everybody is asleep. And I will leave at the time everybody is asleep. Because I didn't want them to criticize me. That's rather created a division that helped me to grow. You're not going to go into the next year with some lifestyles. It is not possible that you have become a Christian and the word of God is not showing from your life. It has to show in your life. When I say walk, you know, Jesus Christ said, you know, <laughs> listen, when the Bible talks about yoking, all right, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I will explain it to you. When he says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What is he saying? Jesus was, or, or Paul is actually referring to, he is using an example that is in the scriptures. It is called the law of yoking, according to the book of Deuteronomy. Those days, when they say yoking, yoking is usually two animals. Alright? Two animals. Let me get to two, two people. These two guys, all right, they need to plow a land. They need to plow a field. So, so come here. The two of you should come and face me. So let's say this is the land they need to plow. What they will do, all right, the owner of the farm will do is that he will put the plowing machine behind them. So these two animals... Not them. <laughs> they are representing the... So, they will be yoked. Yoked. That's yoke. They will be yoked. So, the Bible, when the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, understand the first thing. Understand the first thing. The first thing is that these two animals have no business coming together until there's work. This one must have no business coming together until there's work. If you don't know your destiny, don't make a friend. Because to what end is that friend going to? Someone say, I, 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 I have a relationship because I like the person. Are you crazy? You like the person for what? I like his ears. Come on. God gave Adam work before he gave him wife. 
Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you focus on loving God and his kingdom, if you're a lady, you shall be found. If you're a guy, you shall find. Because anything you go and chase in this kingdom, you never find. In this kingdom, we don't seek things. We seek God. And when we seek God, things seek us. If you don't understand it like that, you will run around your life for something you will never have. He said, let me explain the scripture to you. Don't say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That scripture, it's not the way we understand it. The script, this is the scripture. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means, if the Lord is my shepherd, I don't want things. Not as because of that, I will not lack. That's the different thing. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Because he's my shepherd, I don't go wanting things. Because when you come into intimacy with God, all you want is God. And when all you want is God, you will get everything you want. But the disclaimer is, at the time you have everything you want, you will not even want it anymore. Let me tell you something. At the time I wanted a car in my life, the time I wanted a car, I wanted a car. Why? At that, at that time, I'm, grow, I'm a growing Christian. I see my friends driving car. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I said, Kai, I want. I, I was thinking, ah. At the time I wanted a car. For me, my personal life, some people, God would permit them to have it. God never gave it to me. God never. The day I gathered money to go and buy, God said, give me the money. Why? Because God is not fighting me sitting in a car. Don't start thinking that God is fighting me sitting in a car. God is not fighting me sitting in a car. God is fighting a car in my heart. Because he wants to be the only one there. Alright, let's come back to the yoke. Now, these two guys, anybody, let me tell you something, anybody who works with God becomes wiser. He becomes better. When you work with God, like for example, I can make comments on subjects I've never read. I've never learned anything about organization. I've never learned anything. I've never gone to school to learn those things. There are things I can comment on. That I've never read about. How? Working with God. Fellowship with God. Most of the things I teach, I don't read Bible to see them. God shows them to me and later I find it in the Bible. So I meditate more than I read the Bible. Some people are shocked. I meditate more than I read the Bible. If reading the Bible should be more than meditation, what did Peter read since he didn't have Bible? What did Abraham read since there was no Bible? Your, your work with God... That is what you need to correct. You need to go and tune it again. Because some of you have never had a personal time with God. All that you know about God is everything in church. So these two guys have come together because of the work. These two animals, without the work, they are two animals just walking. But they have been yoked because of the assignment. Then they begin to move. They begin to move. They begin to move. They begin to move. As they move, the work is being done. As they move, the work is being done. As they move, the work is being done. When Jesus said, listen, when Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. That scripture did not end there. That scripture did not say, come unto me, all ye that labor. And uh, you know, some people think it, that scripture means, come unto me if you are laboring. No, that's what that scripture says. He did not say that, come unto me, all ye that are laboring. He said, come unto me, 
All ye that labor and are heavily laden, because when you labor and he is there, when you labor, you are not heavily laden. So come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden. He says, I'll give you rest. Then he says, come and learn of me. Come on. Okay. Go to verse 28, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Look at this. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. And you, you, you are supposed to stand, so you stand. So try and yoke with him. Find, find ways and means. No, try. Yeah, just do it. Just put your hand somewhere. Yoke. Try. No. Come. Yoke with him. Come for it. Is it working? That's the meaning of do not be unequally yoked. Because they have to be the same animals. Now hold on. Now hold on. Why did Jesus say, take my yoke? Then he said, and learn of me. Why? Because according to the law of yoking, there are two animals. Right, so now you go back. You come back. I will need a taller person. I need a taller person. Alright, come. So let's see. This, this is the same person we are dealing with. So yoke with him. Yoke with him. According to the law of yoking, you don't yoke two young animals. You have to yoke an older animal with a younger animal. Why? Because the older animal knows the plowing. The younger animal does not know it. So while the older animal is, is plowing with the younger animal, because the younger animal, because he's not used to it, will like to sleep at certain times. He would like to not do it at certain times. But because they are yoked, when the older animal moves, the younger one will have to move. Then it will happen like that for so many years until the other animal dies and goes. Then this one now becomes the other animal and they yoke him with a younger animal. That is why it is so important to be yoked with Jesus and to yoke with God who is an older person than you. When you become, when, when you become yoked with God, his wisdom becomes your wisdom. His pursuit becomes your pursuit. The things he wants become the things you want. And that is where success in life begins. Your fellowship, thank you so much. Clap for them. Your fellowship and intimacy with God is where everything begins. Your fellowship and your intimacy with God is where everything begins. Jesus. I said, to talk about joy, you must always begin with Jesus. Are you, do you fellowship with God? Do you have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you have intimate times with Jesus? Do you have personal times with Jesus? I have seen many Christians. The ones who don't take their personal time with God serious, they are the ones who always fall off. Some of you, the whole year, you didn't wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is a necessary ritual for every Christian. I use the word ritual. It's true. It's a necessary ritual. For every Christian. I do it every month. Because sometimes you have to fix certain things only God can show you. You have to fix, fix certain things that only God can reveal to you. That pride is entering your heart. The day God told me that you are becoming proud, I was shocked because I thought I was humble. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Be very careful when people are saying, ah, you are so humble. Ah, you are so humble. Because humility is not a physical thing. How do they see it? Your pride, God starts measuring your pride in your heart. Bible says the person is lifted up in his heart. 
The devil was lifted up, not in his, his, his speech. He was lifted up in his heart. He said in his heart. He was lifted up in his heart. One day I was at the airport. A young lady came. And she came to take a picture with me. And she posted it. Said, Pasinok is so humble. When I saw it, I said, God, is it true? No, because only God can show me whether I'm proud or not. It is in your personal times with God that God will tell you, my boy, my boy, my boy, check it, check it, check it. Pride is entering your heart. Check it. And I said, God, how? Then he began to open some things to me. I said, oh, oh, this is it. He began to make a U-turn there. Let me tell you the reason for this today. You will not enter your next level until you repent of the sin that is blocking your next level. Bitterness. Bitterness. Some of you are bitter. Bitter because the guy said, you know, marry you. Bitter. 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 You want to marry a man of God, but you cannot quote 20 scriptures. Somebody said, I want a God-fearing man, but you cannot quote 20 scriptures of it. What do you want to do to him? <laughs> you want to destroy him? No, you want a God-fearing... What God-fearing God are you looking for? Well, you don't like the message I'm preaching. I'm sure they did, not, they did not expect this message today. You are bitter. Why are you bitter? Why are you keeping malice? You can say that. Why are you keeping malice? Keeping malice with a brother. Keeping malice with a sister. He said in the book of Proverbs, he said, Turn you at my reproof and I'll pour out my spirit. You could not do anything for God. Since that day you broke up with the guy, nobody told you to enter a relationship with him too. That church, all of them are bad. All of them are bad. All, who told you to try? All of them. Sima <laughs> Lakuski. Don't be bitter. Why are you bitter? Why are you bitter? The Bible says that offenses may come, but woe unto you are. That's not, a, that's, not, that's not the meaning of that scripture. Let me explain, let me explain it to you. <laughs> that's not the meaning of that scripture. What he said is that offenses will come. That word, that Greek word used there, it means like coming into our area. Then it says, woe unto the one who rather takes it. That's why the English says to take offense. The same Greek word for true is the same Greek word for true. So if you don't understand the word offense in its context, you will say, through whom they come. That is wrong. He says, what he's saying is that the one who takes the offense, because when you look at the other verses afterward, he's not referring to the one who is bringing the offense. Because unforgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I will never forgive him. I will never forgive him. 2022 is looking at you like this. <laughs> you say, what a message. <laughs> because the Spirit of God spoke to me. He spoke to me. He spoke to me. Because the purpose of Christianity it's not for you to only know Jesus. It's for you to also reveal Jesus. I know, I know some, some true ladies. Not in this country though. They have, they have every gist in this world. And they know, they know that they have it. Like, oh, there's nothing that goes on in this ministry that we don't know. Hey! And one, of them, one day one of them called me. Actually texted me. That's... Hmm. There's this guy in our church talking about positive. And I said, that guy is so spiritual, so nice. You'd like to know me. 
let you know my son with this mouth of yours that knows everything in the ministry. My son does not want to know everything. <laughs> you see, I don't, you don't even need to prophesy. <laughs> you have to do an introspective check. Is my life revealing Jesus? Is my life revealing Jesus? Is my life revealing Jesus? Not my tongues. When, when, when the church started, I used to say this thing a lot. I said, ladies, don't mistake someone speaking in tongues for spirituality. Because sometimes you see the person speaking in tongues. Tomorrow I do 12 hour prayer. Some will pray. Some will be praying to show people that they can pray. Oh, this guy is so spiritual. After seven, the person says, oh, praise the Lord to you. You say, oh, hallelujah, this is the one. Christian maturity is not in tongues. Anointing is not in tongues. Your value before God is not in how long you pray. So control yourself. It is in how much of the word of God has been given vent through your life. Paul said, Paul said, let me tell you something. Don't mistake, that's what I was trying to say about the results. Don't mistake results for knowing God. It's not, there are two different things. Your fellowship with God, don't mistake your result for it. Because you can think that because of your result, everything is fine. You are wrong. Moses, oh, Moses saw and commanded the most terrible plagues that has ever hit this world. Yet after crossing the Red Sea, seeing all those things, he said, God, if you don't go with me, I'll not go with you. I will not go. What did he know? That after all that power, because he realized that there is difference between power and glory. God is not in power. God is not in power. He is in his glory. This year, let me tell you something that you must fight after. What should be your quest this year? Beyond the power, what should be your quest this year is that you will mirror God. Have you ever met a Christian? I want to know from any of you. Have you ever met a Christian that when you saw him pass, it's like there's something God around? No. Who has ever met anybody like that? You, you meet a Christian that there's something God around. You didn't want to pray. All of a sudden, you want to pray. I met a certain guy. He's the son of a, a popular pastor in this country. He's my friend. I sat in his car. We did not talk about prayer. We did not talk about fasting. When I left his car, I prayed it our street. We had a normal chat and we went to eat. When I left his car, that is the glory of God. That Somebody just walked past you and something of God has hit the person. You can't do it with this bitterness. That will not happen because God will not live there. This year, one of the things you must make up your mind is to smell God. Your life. Not that your attendance to church. I'm not talking about attendance to church. At, at least, I, I, I'll not speak alone now. You went with me, we went to see Pastor Chris. Good could, could, could you talk? See the way I'm talking here. I could not say thing. thing. He, told, he told Pastor Claude, let me see pictures of your church. Pastor Claude said, my, my, my phone, my phone, my phone battery has... See, my tablet was there. I said, I don't know where my tablet is. And let me tell you something. I learned not in the Holy Ghost. We were not starstruck. It was a certain glory we cannot explain. And that does not come. By just being among believers. It comes with years of fellowship with God. This should be your life quest. 
that when men see you, they can't tell that there's a difference between you and God. They can't tell the difference between you and Jesus. They, when people see you, they should see that you have been with Jesus. There's something Jesus about you. When they see you, it's like they just know that they're already condemned. Let me tell you something. Those who throw Pastor Chris on, on, on social media, if they meet him, they cannot talk. I, tell, I can promise you that. They will not say, Fee. I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. When we got there, we, we, we're not even referring to power. It's not like when we got there, we were falling down. We're... He nearly fell though. I really stood my ground, you know. I said, today is today. Today is today. By the time Pastor Chris shook his hand, uh, Claude was already vibrating. I said, oh, Pastor Claude, don't do that today. <laughs> when I looked at him, I said, God, this is it. Beyond the miracles. This is beyond the miracles. This is beyond all those things. It's, it's carrying God experientially. Carrying God. Carrying God. When will you be that Christian? When will you be that Christian? That Christian that when other Christians see that there's something about you. There's something different about you. There's something about you. There's something about you. The one that they see in the morning speaking in tongues and the night on Snapchat at a certain club. Why are you confusing your viewers? In the morning, see why? See, wow, amazing, amazing, Jesus, you're amazing. In the morning, Snapchat, wow, amazing. Then, see why? See, amazing, amazing. In the night, Dorime. <laughs> you want the bamba? You want to chill with the big boys? Then you are chilling with the big boys. Amen. 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 Shame on you. Shame. Shame. You are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. You are after yourself. I so canal. Canal. At least some of those things hide them. Hide them. You are confusing your viewers. Those who saw in the morning. Amazing! Amazing! Jesus! Those who saw it in the morning were so inspired. They said, next Sunday, we are going to church with you. Then in the night. <laughs> Amen. Oh. And they say, ah. Isn't not this one who was at CYC? Amen. Oh. They are not serious there. Is it not my life? Can I live my life? Can I love I live my life? Can I not live my life? No, you cannot live your life. Let me tell you something. There are two relationships we have with God. We are his sons, but we are also his servants. As a son, you are born. As a servant, you are bought. As a, as a son, you are born. As a servant, you are bought. Let me have the two of you. When the Bible says that, we were slaves, or, or, or when Paul said that, I'm a bondman. I'm a, I'm, the Bible says that we were bought with a price. That's not born. That's not born. As a son, you are born. You are born of him. But as a servant, you were bought with a price. Let me explain that word. It's a Greek word called um, aguro. It's like a slave market. Now, 
Thank you, Jesus. That slave market, Paul was using that to explain something that used to happen in those days. So, it's like Jesus Christ who was preaching and using fish and using agriculture. So, Paul was also using that because that day was a normal thing. Buying human beings was a normal thing. Slave trade was a, at that time was a, it was a normal thing those days. So, at that slave market, they auction. They auction. So, they will come and say, I'll pay. And, and during those days, what they would do is that they would test the strength of the slave by slapping him. Yes. No, because they want to know the quality of the goose. So, they'll pump. Ooh, he's not shaking. He's a good slave. He can work hard. So, they will pawn their slave. So when they come and they check this, this one, say that, ah, this one is a correct. So you stand there. When they check this one, say, oh, small. Say, sit down, sit down. Let's sit down. So you go to the back. And those days, you will be happier if you are bought because you have a master and you can eat. So now the auction begins. The auction begins. I want you to understand your salvation. So you understand that it's my life, I can't live it. No. I want you to understand your salvation. That's why when the Bible says, Jesus has become the Lord of your life, you have to understand this is what he's talking about. So, this particular one, someone says, $200. This one says, no, 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 I want $300. Another person comes and says, I want $500. Another person comes and says, $800. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus looked at all the auctions and he mentioned a price nobody could mention. So, while everybody was doing $200, $500, $800, he comes and says, $50,000. The highest price. That was what God did. The highest price. So that's why God, I, I want you to understand your salvation. That's why God did not buy you with an angel or with another man. He had to use himself because that's the highest price. Hey. So he came with the highest price and said, okay, the price of me is the price I'm used to buy. It. And none of the people who are buying a slave were, were ready to do that. So he buys a slave and takes a slave. But let me tell you something. Before you now start saying, God is a slave master. According to the scripture, this is what God did. In history, there was a man who did something similar. Let me tell you what the man did. And it will help you to understand what God did. That man came. When people were mentioning $200, $300, $400, it was a, it was a female slave. $300. When he came, he saw that the lady was like, this lady is not supposed to be here. And that lady became a slave because her parents were owing so much money. She could not, they could not pay. So they had to give their daughter. Those days, those things used to happen very much. Very much. So the lady is there as a slave. Now the slave market, when you are not bought, you are not fed well, you know all those things. Because you are not working. They are just managing you till someone buys you. So the person comes and buys $50,000. No contester or someone to contest that price because they all cannot afford it. Now, the man buys the, the slave girl and is holding the slave girl. So the slave girl thinks, I now have a master. All of a sudden, the man leaves her and goes. And the master slave says, ah, you just bought me. Why are you? And that, that high price, you just left me. He said, no, go. The lady said, you know what? Even though you have bought me, if you leave me to go, where will I eat? You have left me to go, but by my own volition, I want to be a slave in your house. So then, what has the person has become? The person has now become a love slave. But the person is not serving the master now because he has been bought. He's serving the master out of love for what the master did for him. 
That is what Jesus did for us. Even though he bought us with a price, he doesn't force us to do anything. You now surrender your personal will, your desires, and your life to him. And say, because of the price that you bought, the price that you paid, the peace I enjoy, the joy I enjoy, all these things in the gospel that I pray and I'm heard, because of those things, I give you my will. I give you my life. I give you my heart. From today, I live this way because you bought me with a price. You are the Lord of my life. What you say is final. That is when the true Christian life begins. Thank you. We're going to pray. Every sin in your heart, then once you are aware of, you're going to confess them before God. You and God understand everything you want to say. Because you don't want to step into the new year with this. You don't want to step in the new year with that life. You don't want to step in the new year with it. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 30. Verse 20, actually. For you are bought with a price. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. Those wrong thoughts that you've thought about your life, that anger, that bitterness you are keeping with somebody for something the person did to you, that malice is stopping you from somebody, from something. It's time to pray. It's time to confess those sins. Repentance from sin is biblical. Jesus said, and forgive us our trespasses.